Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Women in Business podcast. For those of you who are new here, we are your hosts, Olivia and Alex. Both of us are current IVMB candidates for the 2024 class and Forte Fellows. We created this podcast to highlight some of the amazing women who are making an impact on the business world. What these women all have in common is that they all graduated from an Ivy business program. Our hope is that this podcast can be informational and inspiring to those of you who are interested in entering the business world and to help you learn more about the various programs offered at the Ivy School of Business. Today we have an amazing guest who I'm super excited to have on this podcast, Nicole Baranowski. Nicole came to Western for her undergraduate degree and also came and graduated from the Ivy MSc program. She's an alumni at the Morissette Institute of Entrepreneurship at Western, and while at Western, she was on the varsity rowing team. Currently, Nicole is the CEO and founder of HairStrong. HairStrong was created out of the struggles for athletes to compete and train with long hair, constantly having regular elastics fall out or break leading to distractions during workouts. She created hair-strung scrunchies that solve all of these problems. And a fun fact is that this product was actually created during Nicole's time at Western. Welcome, Nicole. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm very excited to talk to you both. Awesome. So we really wanted to start from like the beginning of your journey, go back all the way. Um, so you're at Western. What made you want to actually like act and create this product? Because I feel like in our day to day, like I see stuff I'm like, oh, that'd be so great, like a product for me. But then like not a lot of people actually act on that. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, so many of my life events led up to that moment of me finding this product. Yeah. But some that I could specifically pinpoint to was one during the time I was rowing and with rowing, it's a very demanding training schedule. So as I was getting better into the sport, and as I wanted to continue getting better into the sport, it demanded more of my time. So I ended up um, at one point training 20 to 30 hours a week. And it was basically almost a full-time job while I was in school, while I was balancing part-time work and jobs because I needed money. And so with that time in my life, managing my time was super important to me. And I hated the fact that I would waste time having to stop mid-workout, fixing my hair, having no time to do my hair in the morning. So I just put it up so I could do all my commitments that I had uh, stretched myself to do. And so there was at this time where I was just very frustrated with my hair. And I thought to myself, okay, well, this is the consequence of me having to choose long hair is the maintenance of it. And so I thought this was a me problem. So I'm like, just suck it up. You want long hair. This is just what you have to do with it. It's how it is. And so then in my fourth year of my undergraduate degree, all these things are piling up. And at this point, I had my undergrad in kin, uh, kinesiology, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And so obviously, I thought the next step was, why don't you just do a master's and figure it out later and just give myself a little more runway within academia. And for this, I knew I needed a little bit uh, higher marks because it's just like very competitive to get into master's programs now, or so I thought. Um, at the time. And I took this course called Entrepreneurship and Kinesiology, really not thinking much of it. I heard the prof was great. I heard it could be a mark booster. I'm like, great. <laughs> Two criteria met enrolling in this course. So I uh, got into this course. And one of the days, my prof asked us all what problems we face uh, day to day. And this hair thing was just top of mind. Like, I can't get my hair to stay in a bun. It doesn't uh, cooperate with me. And then at that point, when we shared all our problems, people with long hair in the class also resonated with that. 
And that was my like moment of realization that I am not the only one with this problem. And my hair was never the root problem. It was the products that were advertised as one size fits all that were expected to fit all these different hair types, but didn't. Mm -hmm. And so from that, it just clicked. I'm like, oh, my God, I can solve this. I can make a product that solves my problem. I thought it was my hair and I wasn't cutting it off. So for that course and specifically for that course, I created a few prototypes, got taught how to sew, made it. And I literally made it for a higher mark because I'm like, oh, if I try hard, I'll just get this high mark, like still set on this master's. And um, we had the course project was create a business plan and then pitch it at the end of the course. And so coincidentally, on the day that I pitched two people from Western Entrepreneurship, who is now in uh, all encompassing Morissette um, Institute for Entrepreneurship. Um, watched my pitch and they told me to pursue this as a business. And it was because of that, because of that push that I even started this outside of the classroom because it was really just for that mark. And at first I was very skeptical when they approached me and they like pushed me to do this because I didn't, did not see myself as a business person. I do not have business acumen. I didn't apply to IVHBA. I didn't have parents who were like doing their own businesses. Like I knew nothing. And it's just all this uh, beliefs that I had about myself and the type of person that I wanted to be or who I thought I was. And then as we were going on this journey, I just said, you know, why don't give it a shot? And so each week I would have uh, meetings with these business advisors and each week they would just give me new things to do. Like, okay, do this and then register your business here. You can create a website here. You can make more prototypes, get more feedback. I'm like, this is all like pretty easy. Like, is that this is it? This is what it means to start a business. And so through that, I was able to now uh, have a business that I can sell worldwide online that has like thousands of athletes wearing the product because of that uh, specific pinpoint in my life. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting origin story. And I think, I don't know, when when I hear about other entrepreneurs and how their businesses got started, it does seem like sometimes it comes out of this like need or necessity. Like you said, you were just yeah. doing it for yourself, but then you realize, wow, I could actually make an impact for like a lot of people. And I mean, Alex and I both have long hair yeah. too. So when I heard about your product, like, yeah, super cool and super practical. Um, when you're talking about, you know, they helped you sort of through this journey. I assume you're talking about like the Morissette Institute. Yeah. So did the Morissette Institute come before you went to do your master's? So at the time, there was two entrepreneurship centers. One was Morissette at Ivy and then at uh, Western, there was Propel. And then they merged together. So now it's all one to uh, be inclusive of all students on campus and to promote entrepreneurship as a whole. But when it was separate, yes. Yeah, so they came before I was at Ivy. So I started this as a project in my fourth year of my undergrad. And then through their programming, so I did an incubator that they offered over the summer of 2019. And I started my master's in 2020. I even used, like, I, I went to my MSc program um, interview and I brought the prototype scrunchie with me because they asked the question about, give me an example of a time where you solved a problem. I'm like, well, let me show you. I just pulled the scrunchie out of my pocket in this interview and used that to get into the program when it wasn't, I wasn't even making sales yet. It was still um, pre-stage, but I was applying to a master's degree and the MSc program was one of them that I applied to, um, mainly because my one friend was in it. Uh, she was two, three years older than me. 
She told me that the MSc program was great if you wanted to learn real world experience within the business context, get more uh, networking opportunities, enhance your leadership skills. And Ivy has this program, which is the MSc program uh, to help people do that. So that interested me. And I also wanted to go to Australia for an exchange. So while I did that, um, I also applied for the SEMS certificate. So it's like a dual master's, uh, inter- uh, master of science in international business plus SEMS. So I did a dual master's degree with that. And then I used this business as a way to get into that to help me increase my knowledge within the business space and give me skill sets that I could use that I could apply for my own business. That's awesome. So even going back to the Morissette Institute, were you doing that while at the MSC as well? Like, were you in it during the same time? Too? Right. So with Morissette, it wasn't, it's not like a program that you just get put into. Mm-hmm. They have a whole bunch of different resources that you can take advantage of as a student, as an alumni at Western, Ivy, uh, the affiliates that you can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so specifically, some of the programming that I did was over the summer of 2019, I did their incubator program where for four months they bring you in. They give you workshops. They give you a coach. Like they have help you through your problems. Um, they give you funding, which was huge because for me, this business is all bootstrapped, and I was reliant on grants, um, pitch competition money, uh, my own funding into it. So that helped a lot as well. And then throughout the year, they'll have different other other different exp- um, opportunities. So um, there's an accelerator program for businesses that are. A little bit further along that they offer twice a year so during the school year so students don't really go into that but you can as alumni they host like pitch competitions like the ivy mba pitch competition or um that's the one i went into in 2020 um and they have workshops they have speakers come in last year we had trent kitch from Sachs come in and give us talk like it was awesome and that is all uh organized with more set so it's not like a club it's an institution funded by the university that provides resources to students to pursue that they could use for their businesses. Okay, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about hair strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were mentioning that when you applied to do the MSc program, you yeah. sort of just had a prototype. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, your product has obviously grown. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about I don't know, maybe like a big, a big success or when you felt like maybe like, okay, Hairstrong's gonna gonna make it, it's gonna be impactful. So before I started, uh, and before I actually started selling, I was in that mindset of this is gonna be the best thing in the world. Everyone's gonna love this. This is gonna this is gonna hit. And then I started selling, and that quickly turns because it is not very easy to sell when you don't have experience. And I was just so naive into thinking. This is going to be so great. But I had no uh, sense of uh, ways to make expectations because it's so different and individual to you and the resources you have access to, your skill set, your network. And so before there was that naiveness that came with it that I'm like, this is going to work out. And I don't um, look back on that and be like, oh, I wish I wasn't so naive. No, no, no. I needed that to start because if I didn't, I would have just been scared and not have started at all. Um, But then I started selling and realized that this was going to be a little bit harder than I thought. Um, And I think that within the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship space, that's completely normal. 80% of the time, you either think you're behind, you think you're lost, you compare yourself to other, you talk down to yourself, and that comes with the territory. That is not unique to people um, in the sense that you're the only one experiencing that. Everyone is. And that's what comes with this job. 
And so uh, it is important for those 2% of the time that you are winning to like look back on that and be proud. So in terms of like successes, since starting the inception of Hairstrong and started selling, I was able to acquire retailers, have retailers reach out to me and start selling this product, which is really cool that I didn't have to go out and base, not beg them to sell my product, but like convince them that they need this product. Um, they reached out to me like it's in the Western bookstore. Uh, it's in a lot of different smaller retailers in London. It's in some in Toronto. There's one in Poland that placed a massive order my second year in business. And I didn't know how to handle it. I'm like, what if they just steal it? I don't I don't know what to do. So I drafted up some contract and then got them to sign it. Anyways, that was great. Um, and then I get to meet so many amazing people that got me to really think that this lifestyle is for me. And that are supportive of me in my journey and really people that want to see you win, which is like a very big success in this space mm -hmm. because it can be very lonely. But again, it comes with the territory. Other specific objective uh, moments I would say is I serendipitously saw Bianca Andrescu wear hair strong for a tennis match in the Billiton Cup against Italy, which she won. So there were so many pictures of her wearing the product. So it just worked out great. Um, and now I, I went to the CrossFit Games a few weeks ago um, where they have this annual competition of the best athletes within CrossFit compete. I just went to watch and network and um, the event and I met some of the athletes. I met some very influential people in the space that now wear hair strong, that now promote it out to their networks, which is a huge win. Um, another thing that I was struggling with for the longest time is my costs and my unit economics. And that is so key when uh, starting a business because there is a difference between a good product and a good business model. Sometimes they don't align. And if they don't, it's not sustainable. And so for the longest time, I have this product handmade here because that's what I was comfortable doing. And I had to step outside of that and be like, well, I can't afford these costs. What can I do? So now it's in production overseas. Like now the costs work, work. I can go on Amazon and make money, which I've just recently done, and it's been great. I can go to those big retailers and give them the margin that they want, and it still can sell. And so it's just like little like learnings and little tricks like that that are uh, just piling up and the momentum's like piling up. But yeah, I just those are like some, some of the things that I just like look back on and like I figured out how to do that, and I'm just very grateful for it. Yeah. I saw the Bianca dress. You're going to turn like that's sick. Yeah, so yeah, that was awesome. Um, I mean, even as I'm like listening to you talk, what do you think was most beneficial for you along the way of like making hair strong what it is now? Like, is it the network? Is it like failing fast? Like you hear all these things from like different entrepreneurs. So what yeah. was most beneficial to you overall? I think uh, learning about myself was has been the most beneficial uh, because this journey, although it's so easy to compare yourself to other people, it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. Um you have access to different resources. You have a different skill set. You have different strengths and everyone that plays such a critical role of whether you're whether or not you're even the right person to build a business like this. It's so personalized. And I think at the beginning, I was so busy having these like arbitrary goals, arbitrary expectations of myself based on other things that I've seen elsewhere that aren't very realistic and it can bring you down. And um, then there's like, self tendencies that if you're not aware of them, that can also bring you down. So for me, it was like this aspect of people pleasing. And I do things for others, even if it sacrifices like my own goals and values. And at, in some instances, it can be favorable and it can push you towards your goals. But in most instances, it doesn't. For example, when you're uh, talking to suppliers and they're asking you for these terms and as a people pleaser, you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, 
hundred percent, I'll do that. But in a business sense, like what's best for the business? Like, do you need longer payback period? Do you need uh, less money for deposit? And you need to ask for that stuff and vouch for yourself. So I can't have this people pleasing version of myself show up in that situation. So being aware of that and knowing when to bring it out and when to put it away in different things. But you can only figure that out if you're self-aware. And so the, what I learned the most impactful is how to make the most out of your time is learning those things about yourself so that you can get the most time within this venture instead of going down this path that was in the wrong direction this whole time that you had no idea, um, which could you could waste like a lot of time and money doing that. So I'd say like, no, figure out like what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are first, get to know yourself and then see what the gaps are and fill them in. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful advice for, I mean, not just for entrepreneurs, like for anyone, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, kind of getting back to like the crux of the podcast. This is really all about kind of being able to inspire women who thought about going to business school or maybe thought about entrepreneurship, but said, hey, maybe maybe I can't do this. Um, and I think you've provided some really good advice on like how to keep pushing forward. Um, just wondering if, yeah, that like aspect of like being a woman and like trying to get into the business space. Just curious to hear like your thoughts about that. The people who are successful in this space isn't because they had industry expertise to be able to start something. That is not why they became successful, because you can figure anything out. You could go ask someone if you don't know the answer. You can have Google, you have ChatGPT now. You can figure information out pretty easily and it's very readily accessible. So saying, well, I don't know how to start a business or I don't know uh, if business will be applicable to me or if I'll be good in it. You that is an easy solution. Just go look at that information. I think what's more important is when you do that self-reflection and self-learning about yourself, your um, traits and what you are good at and what you excel at can be used in many different instances in the world to bring value to yourself and others. Whether that is in a business setting or not, um, the fact that it is quote unquote business shouldn't in it like it restrict you from using your strengths to bring value into the world. And for example, like when I was in kinesiology as an undergrad, like I did not know what I wanted to do. I only went into that program because I'm like, I, re I really don't know. And I'm like sports, fitness, this kind of aligns with my values. But you can bring that, those strengths that you have, like you can bring your hardworking determination and ability to figure stuff out, your initiative, like what you want your lifestyle to do that in many different facet facets and aspects of life whether that be in business or not, you won't know until you try. And so I think uh, for me, it was intimidating because I thought, oh, I don't know anything about business. That's not for me. But it actually is for me because I have all the skill set to be able to execute on the certain things that it takes to run a business and, and uh, be successful at that. So I think just like being okay with not knowing, but being excited and eager to learn about it is a huge uh, like step forward. And I think that sort of advice on like just focus on your own strengths and like find a way to leverage them, um, I think is helpful to like show you that you can succeed really in any situation if you just kind of take what you have and then maybe fill in some of the missing pieces. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, I guess maybe just to wrap it up, the last question um, what advice, and this is just like open end, what advice would you give people maybe thinking about like, entrepreneurship, thinking about a master's program, like all that together, just like if someone's just starting out and they don't even know like what to look at or anything, like what advice would you just give them overall? So I used to be 
the type of person that was very focused on the end goal. Like, oh, I can't wait till I finish school than this. Oh, I can't wait till I get this degree than this. And I never truly like asked myself if the day-to-day things I was doing was actually in line with what I wanted to do and my values in the world. And so even something like a master's degree, even people who go into PhD, like I was also considering the PhD route. But what does a PhD do? What, how does it add meaning to your life? Am I the type of person that likes to look at research papers all day? Am I the type of person that likes to write all day? The answer is no. So the day-to-day life of getting a PhD would not actually suit me, my goals, my values, anything. And then, um, so in terms of like a master's degree, like how do you see that fitting into your journey as a person to develop as a whole? And it takes a lot of like intrinsic looking of saying like, this is what I do like, this is what I don't like. Because a lot of the time people will do things or go for certain jobs because of the title or the salary or the compensation. And that's great. That's what brings everyone in there. But the people who excel in those roles are the ones who are able to endure the downsides of that job. So the best people are able to endure them the best. So for entrepreneurship, the people who are most successful are the ones who are able to endure the loneliness, the self-doubt, the um, the the downsides better than the others can. So it's almost of like finding something that you're good at and you can see in your day-to-day, but also what sucky things can you do better than others that people other people don't want to do and then like see how that aligns with your goals and values yeah awesome thank Thank you you. so much she's great really interesting journey super interesting product and yeah glad that you were able to come and chat with us and hopefully uh inspire others or at least maybe answer some questions that maybe some of the listeners had about yeah what it takes to really be an entrepreneur Yeah, it was lovely to chat with you guys. And if anyone listening has any questions, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to help. Thanks, Nicole.